this service. We are grateful for all of you who are here. A special thank you to our guests. And once again, we invite you to be a part of this great church if you don't have a home church. We are thrilled that you are with us today. The word of the Lord from the gospel according to St. Luke. I'll preach today from the 10th chapter. I'll begin reading in verse 30 and read through 37. Perhaps to some this is a familiar passage, a passage which is labeled the parable of the good Samaritan. But I believe it speaks much more than simply about the good Samaritan. It also speaks to those that were not. My desire today is not to make anyone mad, but make everyone consider the possibility that there is perhaps more that we could do for those that the devil has been successful in stealing, destroying. The Bible is explicitly clear that the thief cometh not but for to steal, kill, and destroy. That's his mission. That's the plan of the adversary. And we are working diligently. Every day we must work diligently to thwart that plan. I want to do more and hope that at the conclusion of this message you will feel the same. And Jesus answering said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho fell among thieves they stripped him of his raiment and wounded him and departed leaving him half dead by chance it just so happened there came down a certain priest that way when he saw him he passed by on the other side likewise a Levite he was at the place, came and looked on him, passed by on the other side. A certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him. His compassion pushed him to a response, and he went to him bound up his wounds, poured in oil and wine, set him on his own beast, and brought him to an inn, and took care of him. And on the morrow when he departed, he took out two pence and gave them to the host and said, take care of him and whatever he needs. Spends more than what I've done. I'll come back and pay you. Which now, the question is asked in verse 36, which now of these thinkest thou was neighbor unto him that fell among the thieves? Then verse 37, Jesus says, He that showed mercy on him. He that showed mercy on him. I pray today that the Lord would make me more merciful. Is there anybody that will pray with me today that the Lord will make you more merciful? And he says, go and do thou likewise. Pray with me today that the Lord will talk to you and that you'll hear and respond and reap the result that he has designed. God, 
My prayer today is for every person that's in this place, including myself, that your word will speak to us, God, and that we will hear it. But we will not be simply hearers only, but doers also. Father, that we will do what your word tells us to. I pray that you will make me more merciful. I pray, God, that you will make me to see those that are hurting and hungry and have compassion and compassion enough that I'll do something about it. I pray that I just won't simply see it and say, that's bad, but that I'll see it and do something good. I pray it in Jesus' name. Somebody that has a praise, go ahead and give God another one. He deserves high praise. I love, I love to praise a worthy Savior. And He is worthy to be praised. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for He's good. He's good. He's good. You may be seated. The early morning hours of March the 13th, 1964. Mr. Mosley, a man that had a hunting knife, was looking about the city where he lived for someone to steal, kill, and destroy. His mission, his motive was to find someone and with that knife do as much damage as he possibly could. And he did. He found the victim. Her name was Kitty Genovese. Catherine Genovese was a lady that was returning home from work that night in the wee hours of that dreadful morning. She was almost to the place where she would find safety when Mr. Mosley, armed with that knife, stabbed her twice. She screamed with everything that she had within her. And those screams reached the ears of those that were nearby. One person, when he heard the cry from Kitty, the cry for her life, looked out his window and said, Hey, leave that girl alone. And for the moment, Mr. Mosley did. She made her way inside the building. Mr. Mosley left her, but just for a moment, because he noticed that no one came to her rescue. No one came to save her. Sure, someone said, hey, leave that woman alone. And for the moment, he did. But being the evil man that he was, he went back and he finished the job. Stabbed her multiple times. Did horrific things to her that should never be done he did because he was an evil man his plan was to steal kill and destroy and he did it they would find as the investigation led them to Mr. Mosley that he would tell of how that he had done that dreadful deed And that he came back and finished the job because he witnessed that no one, not one that heard the scream, came to help this woman in need. He was successful in stealing the $49 that was in her purse, destroying and killing Kitty Genovese. And not one Of all those that heard, responded 
with a result that would bring about her being saved. As they studied this out, they found that there were no less than 38 people. 38 people in the surrounding areas that knew that something dreadful had taken place. There was not just the one that said, hey, leave that woman alone. But there were so many others that heard what happened. But not one of the 38 that responded in some way simply saying, hey, there's a woman here that needs help. Calling the police or doing that not one of them came to her rescue. They use this particular story in psychology and they label it the bystander effect. I came to preach to you today. This great congregation of people, consider this. Are bystanders truly innocent? It's a sobering thought to think that a woman's life was taken by someone that had planned to perpetrate. Someone that had planned to do evil. Someone that had planned to steal, kill, and destroy. And in that moment, there was someone that had the courage from their window and in the safety of their home to say, Hey, leave that woman alone. And for the moment, that was effective. But only for the moment. Because as she made her way after being stabbed twice into what she deemed the safety of the building where with she lived. She would not be safe. Because with her being unable to do anything about it. The autopsy proved that she did fight for her life but it was unsuccessful. She tried her best to ward off the horrible individual that took the knife and stabbed her so many times. Pastor, this is an extremely graphic story for you to share with those that are in here. Let me just tell you this. That these young people, they've seen and heard much worse. Because there are things that people out there think are acceptable for audience of 13. They call them PG-13. And there's much worse than this in that. I'm simply telling a tale of something that's true. So that you will know and understand that it is possible for someone to be crying for help. For salvation as it were. Now, let me just tell you this about Kitty. She had no business being out that late hour. She was working in a bar. She was a bar hop. She was, she was out doing things that probably she didn't need to do. But I'm going to tell you something. That did not mean that she deserved to die. Tell you this about Kitty's mom. Kitty's mom had witnessed horrific murder. And so because of that, she made a decision. I'm not living in the city. I'm moving. And she did. But Kitty did not make that decision. Was that wise? I don't think that was a wise decision. I think that Kitty, perhaps if Kitty would have made the decision to move with her mom, she would not have died. But she did not deserve to die because she made that decision. Death! was not incumbent upon her because she wasn't doing what she was supposed to do. Death was not incumbent upon her because she didn't make a smart decision. I'm not judging Kitty today. Perhaps you view the statements that I'm making to say that I'm judging her, that she was doing something that she shouldn't have done. She didn't make a wise decision. And perhaps that is a judgment. But at the same time that that's a judgment, I also make this judgment that she didn't deserve to die for that decision. She would have never dreamed that those decisions would have led her to death. Perhaps she thought, well, someday I'll make enough money and I'll move away and I'll go where mom is and I'll be safe there. But she did not make that decision in time. And death came knocking on her door because, well, no one came to her rescue. 
bystanders, those that were standing by, those that were there, they, they had to come through and they list. And I don't have the time, the ample time today to tell you of all the decisions that, that, that go into someone that's standing by. Have you ever gone by somebody that's on the side of the road and you're like, oh, well, somebody will help him? Perhaps there was fear in those people's decision not to come down and to help. But something in me has to believe that surely there could have been one that would have risked their life for hers. As I contemplate this horrific tale, a tale nonetheless that's true, I consider that every Sunday we come into the sanctuary, such as this Sunday, and we see the empty seats where people used to be. And we can say today, well, they really made a bad choice. That's really not. If they were doing what they needed to do, they'd be here. We could say that. Perhaps it would be true. But that doesn't mean that they deserve to die spiritually. That doesn't mean that they deserve for us to witness the fact that the devil whose desire, his plan to perpetrate, to steal, kill, and destroy. Maybe, just maybe, they're not gone just yet. And we can do something about the fact that the adversary, though he has started a work, will not complete a work. If you remember, I preached as passionately as possible last Sunday that I want every one of you to become someone who is mad. Someone who is making a difference. Don't just stand and scream, hey, leave them alone. But do something about the fact that there is someone that is a soul that is valuable that does not deserve to die. I want to tell you today, not one soul needs to die spiritually on our watch. 38 reports. Are you kidding me? Brother Clyde, 38 reports of people saying, well, yeah, I heard the scream and I did call and tell someone to call and Yeah, I did know. I heard pastor about every Sunday get up and say, look around. I'm not asking for anybody to tell me, but there's probably Sundays you're like, my God, I'm here. What about me? Celebrate me. And I do. But I can't help it, Sister McMillan. There's something in me that looks and I see empty benches. And I know what's happened. That the adversary has done everything that he can to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And there are people that are on life support. That if we don't do something about it, they're not going to make it. I want to remind you again. There is a heaven, yes. But there is also a hell. I don't believe anybody deserves to go to hell. And I better do everything I can do. To keep. I don't want to just stand and scream on Sunday Hey, help that woman But I want to come down from off of the platform And find someone in the pit And say I want to pick you up Turn you around Set your feet on solid Look at your neighbor and say I got to do something I got to do something Because truth be told it's easy To scream from a window Hey, leave that woman alone You know what? Maybe. Maybe when we do, he does for a little while. But he'll return and he'll finish the job. He'll return and he'll finish 
the job. And on my watch, I won't sit satisfied until I know that we, you, me, all of us, will do what we can do to help them out of the hell that's happening. Kitty, Catherine, Genevieve's. Probably when she saw the culprit coming her way, wished that she would have moved with her mother. Certainly as she lay there with two stab wounds, writhing in pain and screaming for help, wished that she would not have been out, a woman of the night, rather safely tucked in her bed as so many others. But that did not prevent. As a matter of fact, it only enhanced the opportunity for the culprit, Mr. Mosley, to come to finish the job. I talk and have talked with people. I want everyone to understand, just because they aren't where they need to be doesn't mean that's where they want to be. Does anybody hear what I'm saying today? Anybody like you and I have ever been somewhere that, man, I wish I wasn't here. I don't know how I got here. I wish that I wasn't. I wish somebody would help me out. If somebody runs out of gas, the last thing they need is for somebody with the gas can going, what's wrong with you, stupid? When you see the E and the light comes on, fill up. I don't want this church to ever be when someone walks in here completely out of gas where we're up here saying, we got full tanks and if you were smart, you'd fill up every Sunday. No, I want this place to say, hey, I've got a can and I'll walk a mile. I'll walk two and I'll come to you and we'll fill it up and then I'll take you to the gas station and I'll buy your gas and I'll get you something hot to eat and even if you want a cup of coffee. Somebody needs to know we got to do something about the lost and the hurting world. That if we don't, he's going to finish the job. I want somebody to say today, not on my watch. I don't believe that this is an isolated incident. I think that there are perhaps many stories that could be told. Of how that there were people, there were people that would have survived if people would have gotten involved. Preached last Sunday. Preached from the book of Jude. The verse that I focused on was the verse that said, making a difference. Now, this is brave, but I think it was verse 22. If I'm not mistaken, the next verse 23, getting ready to find out. Love when I'm right. And others save. It's not always. Thought I was wrong once, but. And others save with fear. Pulling them out of the fire. Hating even the garment. Spotted by the flesh. I want to tell you something, friend. If you think we're soft on sin, you are sadly mistaken. We are not, Sister McMillan, we do not apologize for who we are. But at the same time, I want everybody to know there is not one sinner that we do not love. We hate sin, but we love sinners. And such were some of you. And I want to tell you something. If you think you can pull people from the fire and not 
be a risk. You are sadly mistaken. There are people that are here today that can tell you if you're going to pull somebody from the fire, there are some inherent risks. But it is worth it every time if you save someone from utter destruction. I want to preach to you on this Sunday morning. There's something that has to stir in us that says, I will not stand idly by why Satan destroys. Somebody say, not on my watch. There's not a firefighter worthy of hire that when the fire comes says, oh, it's a little too hot for me. Anyone that's fighting a fire has to have already come to a conscious decision. There are risks involved. Risks far worse than smelling like smoke. I want to tell you something, friend. This soul-saving business, it's risky. It's scary. It ain't easy. But it's worth it. But it's worth it. I went back and talked to a couple of our elders today. Sister McMillan, thank you for sharing that story today. Because here's what happens. We forget when we're younger... That there are older people, the older they get, the less valuable they feel. Thank you for being transparent enough to share that with us today. I went back and I don't mean to embarrass them today, but I told the Moody's, listen. You're not, you, you are not less valuable than you once were. You are more valuable. I believe that we need you to be a prayer warrior like you've never been before. There are some of you that are looking around saying, I can't do this. I can't do that. Let me tell you what every one of you can do. You can all do what God called you to do and that's be a witness and tell somebody that I'm willing to walk where you're in the fire and pull you out and allow you to have an opportunity to step on out of certain destruction. I pray today that every person in this place will see that souls are significant enough to be risky. Now before we become too condemning of those that I shared with you in the text, let us consider our plight. Let us consider our approach. Let us consider what we do. What I do, what you do. When we look around. And believe me, if you literally can't see pews that are empty, that once were full, you let me know and I'll tell you. Just as I gave you the details of this gory story today. And did it plan to do it because I wanted it to have the effect that it did. And that's to bring you to an understanding that there are things that are worse than death. We don't believe that in life. But let me just tell you, friend, there are things that are worse than death. And that is to die and not know the hope that we have. Tina, when I gave you that certificate today, I told you that's for everybody. Here's what I want you to understand. That's not just for your friends and your loved ones. That's for people you don't even like. 
I wouldn't wish hell on my worst enemy. There's no one that's done anything to me any bad enough that I would say I want them to go to hell. There's something in the heart of every Christian that says if I'm like Christ, I'm willing to die so that others might live. I want to do what I can do. I'm willing to risk it. I'm not just going to stand and scream on Sunday, help that woman. I'm going to get down from the balcony and I'm going to help them out of the hell that's happening. Go get dirty. Go get smoky. Go do whatever you got to do but pull them out of the fire the priest that's pretty condemning when he saw him he went the other way the priest saw him and said not today I have things to do If you're too busy to be a soul winner, you're too busy. I'm going to say that again. If you or I am too busy to be a soul winner, we're too busy. How can we watch while people head to hell? Thank God for what we have here on Sunday. Brother Clyde, it's awesome. I appreciate you getting out and worshiping. And I love the worship that we have. And it feels wonderful. But while we're here, experiencing all that we're experiencing, the devil is circling the neighborhood again of those that we once loved, once had as a part of First UPC. And he's saying, I can finish the job. I can finish them. I can end it. Can take their life, and steal, kill, and destroy. We can't just come on Sunday and say, "Save that woman." Preach, preacher, tell me again what I need to do, because if all we do is say, "Tell me what I need to do," and we don't do it, then we're like those thirty-eight people the night of March the thirteenth that heard the cry, but said. Ah, somebody else will do it. I read a book, a preacher friend of mine wrote, he talked about the time that he went on a trip. He went on a trip with somebody that was part owner in a dealership and they rented, they didn't rent, they borrowed a, a really nice car. Brother, Brother Casey said, you know, I mean, you know how things get. Ask my girls, when you live in a car, sometimes it gets filthy. You know what I'm saying? It just happens. I don't know if all your cars are clean, but sometimes you drink a Starbucks and you leave that nasty Whatever that thing is, I've got an opinion on what I think it is. And you leave that in there. And napkins and things like that. So they got back and they had that trash there. And he said, I started picking, picking the trash up. He said, oh, no, 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 no. Don't do that. We have people for that. He said, say that again. He said, no, 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 we, we have people for that. Like, when I'm done, I'll just pull that in. And then people will clean the car up. I have a responsibility here. I drank the nasty Starbucks and I, I'm going to take my cup and I'm going to throw it away. He said, we have people for that. I want to tell everybody here, we don't have people for soul winning. We need you to be a soul winner. 
that does not eliminate my responsibility. I individually, not because I'm pastor, it's because I was filled with the Holy Ghost. And when I get the Holy Ghost, he said, I get power to be a witness. Guess what? That's not just for pastors and preachers and Bible study teachers. That's for you. That's for me. That's for everyone that's here in the house. When God gives you the greatest gift that you can ever receive, he empowers you to become a soul winner. Don't just shout on Sunday. Help that woman. Get out there on Monday. Pick him up out of the fire. Stand with me. So, I examined the story of Kitty Genovese. And I considered that this is a very similar story to the one found in St. Luke, the 10th chapter. Where you see... In St. Luke, the 10th chapter, it tells about someone. Let's just face it. He made a bad decision. He went down from Jerusalem to Jericho. Anytime you leave Jerusalem and go to Jericho, it's down and it's a bad decision. But people that make bad decisions don't deserve to die. Perhaps he went away that he should not have gone. It's obvious that he did because thieves and robbers stripped him, stole, did everything but kill and perhaps thought they had. I think it says left him half dead. If you'd asked him, he probably would have said the percentage was higher. He was in a place that nobody wants to be. Naked, broke, beaten. Man, Pastor, just call it what it is. Thank you, I will, and I'm going to tell you why. Because we have to get past coming here, looking at all the pretty people and say, isn't this a wonderful Sunday? Yes, a thousand times yes, but while it's a wonderful Sunday for us, there are people that have been making bad decisions, going ways that have enabled them to be beaten. Stripped of their dignity. Stolen everything from them. How can we come to church and see those empty seats and just go on our way and say, I'm going to the altar to pray. How can we hear the preacher preach? Call it out and we see it. We come to that place. You say, you brought us there pretty clearly today. Absolutely I did and there's a reason. Because we cannot be like the priest and the Levite. Say, not today. I've got this to do. I've got that to do. We have this and we have that and this, this, this and that. If you're looking for a reason not to be a soul winner, you don't have to look very far. But if you're looking... To help somebody that's hurting. You hear what I'm saying? I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It's going to cost you something. I'm going to tell you again. It's going to cost you something. I'm not just talking about your money. I'm talking about time. Time, energy, and effort. Of course, economics as well. He went to him. You don't think he got dirty? Handling that bloody battered man 
that man lying there naked in shame. Broken. Get in the business of helping people that are in hell. You're gonna get you're gonna get to smell in like smoke, and you're gonna feel you. You may have some hair that gets singed by the flame. I'm gonna tell you something. You are gonna look different when you start helping people out of hell. The good Samaritan did everything that he could. And when he was done, he wasn't done. He said, hey, if it costs a little more, let me know. My credit's good. I'll come back and I'll pay. I want you to understand something, friend. I've been preaching for the last couple of months the significance of a soul, the value of the coin, the value of the lost sheep, the value of the prodigal. I want to tell you something. It's time we quit talking about it and say, save that woman. Help that woman. The adversary may leave for a moment because we prayed a prayer. But he'll come back and finish the job if we don't go to them. I want to challenge you this week. I want you to go to them. I want you to talk to them. It's risky. I know they may say, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to give it a chance. Do what you can do. So they don't have to die. Heads about eyes closed sobering sermon I'm certain was intended to be such not for effect's sake but rather intended to be motivating message to compel Christians people that love Christ to say I'm not just going to say something about the sermon I'm going to do something about those that are dying at the hands of Satan because rest assured someone dies spiritually there are things worse than death and that is eternity in a place of eternal torment we may not believe it friend but I'm going to tell you just as sure as there's a heaven there's a hell and there are people that are headed to hell we can't come satisfied every Sunday to see us four and no more while some lay in a feeble condition after being wounded by everything that the devil has done to them while we worship wounded. I pray today that somehow someone has heard what the Spirit has spoken to you and you're willing to respond. Is there anybody here that will lift your hand and say, Pastor, not on my watch. I'm going to do everything I can. I'm going to do everything I can. I'm not going to just simply pray and fast. I'm going to go to them. I'm going to reach for them. I'm going to reach for them. I'm going to do something. I'm going to do everything I can. God bless every hand that went up with head still bowed and eyes still closed. Don't wait for someone else, but walk to the front of this building at this altar. I want you to make a commitment that it will not happen while you watch. It will not happen while you watch. That you will not be a bystander because there is no innocence on someone that will stand by and watch while someone's life is taken. The same can be said. We are not innocent upon those that have walked away. If today we don't do something about it. This altar waits for each one that's willing to say today, Pastor, I'm ready to go after him. Pastor, I'm willing to pull him out of the fire. Pastor, I'm willing to go and to give him a place. I'm willing to say that today I'll pay their lot. I'll pay their bill. I'll do what I have to do. I'm willing to be a soul winner. 
I pray today that every person that hasn't come will at least kneel where you are and make a commitment that you are thankful for someone that saved you. That you are thankful for someone that helped you and you'll help others. And if you're not where you need to be today, there's an altar that's waiting for you to come and to say, help me and he will. Deliver me and he will. Save me and he will. I want everybody that wants to to come to the front of this building and find a place to pray. And before we go to Today, let's make a commitment that we will make a difference. That we will pull from the fire. That we will not simply shout, save them! But we'll do what we can to see that they are. Come on, let's take a few moments. Let's spend a few moments in prayer. Let's spend a few moments in intercessory prayer. Come on, what you're doing is making a difference. What you're doing is going to save them from hell. I want to take somebody to heaven with me, don't you? I want to take somebody to heaven with me, don't you? Come on, do what you can. Come on, say, I'm willing. I'm willing. I'm willing to work. I'm willing to try. I'm willing to do whatever I can do so they don't die.